Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. That was a clean crack. I probably, that was our best one. That for was sure. the best one we've had by far yet this season. Um, today we have our matchups episode for you. It is Friday, October 29th. And my name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler. Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. (laughs) (laughs) How we doing? (laughs) Well, what a Thursday night football matchup that was. I uh, feel like I got to bring it up as the in-house Packers fan. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and listen to our podcast. He wants to talk about the Packers. Forget all that, dude. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little excited about that game <laughs> but yeah follow us on twitter at the ff fathers um give us a like a follow holler at us let us know if we suck if you like what we got going or not you know but today today we got the matchups for you uh we're going through every single matchup and then we're doing our starts of the week so um now that there are no uh, longer any undefeated teams in the nfl <laughs> i guess we can get on with our matchups <laughs> i don't know what you're trying to get at here <laughs> thursday night game was all right at this point we don't care well hey <laughs> you win some you lose some um this week two teams on buys baltimore and the las vegas raiders uh so no ravens or raiders in your lineups but let's get to our first matchup here. The Panthers taking on the Falcons uh, in Atlanta. The Falcons right now are three-point favorites. Um, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, over-under is 46 points. Um, how are you guys feeling about this one? I know Sam Darnold has been terrible as of late. Um, he's... Apparently getting the start is what Matt Rule says. Um, one TD and five interceptions in the last three weeks. But Atlanta has given up the third most points to quarterbacks. So how are you feeling on the Panthers' side of the ball? Is it Would you start Sam Darnold, even consider it? No, <laughs> not really at all. And we were talking about P.J. Walker a little bit last week, and both the quarterbacks just looked horrible. So, really, both of the options look pretty bad for the Panthers right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, there's only two teams on by. You, I mean, if you're looking to stream somebody, you have a lot of better options than Sam Darnold. Well, while, while you're talking about the bye, honestly, this might be, like, one of the most forgiving bye weeks fantasy-wise, I think. Just because, like, no, there's it, not it that many, like, saying. major guys that are out this week. That's why I'm saying that, like, if you're looking to stream for whatever reason, maybe injury or whatever it may be, like, Sam Darnold's not the guy I'm going to. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, with the offense kind of stuttering, how do you feel about Chuba Hubbard? I mean, um, are you starting him if you have him on your roster? I feel like you kind of have to start someone who's going to be getting the majority of touches in any NFL offense. It just kind of sucks with this matchup. Um, my gut tells me the Panthers are going to be horrible, but obviously they're going to score touchdowns, right? So we got to decide who we think is going to score the touchdowns. So Chuba Hubbard yeah. and DJ Moore would be my two most likely candidates. Yeah, I think you can 
you know, I mean, Chuba Hubbard hasn't been great. Matt Rule is saying they need to run the ball more, even though it seemed like they ran the ball a decent amount last game, just wasn't very effective. Um, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think Chuba Hubbard's a low-end RB2, and, you know, he's the guy until Christian McCaffrey comes back. So i uh, probably have to start him. Uh, DJ Moore probably the only receiver you're throwing out there and that's probably where the list ends for the Panthers right yeah for sure keep an eye on Robbie Anderson with these targets man I feel like something has to come to fruition honestly like I still have hope do you did you guys lose hope on him well I thought yeah, like, oh, yeah. weren't, didn't you just like ago. ship him off like a week ago I did but the targets and like the the air yards it's just so promising the, the potential's there but I mean we're at this point, you know, we're seven weeks into the season. Can't I don't know if it's gonna happen. I think this might just be the way it is. It is the time of the season when he's starting to get dropped. I might do it, but if, if his targets stay high, I mean, I feel like you kind of have to have faith. Yeah. What about on the other side of the ball? The Panthers have been pretty stout against the run from a fantasy perspective. Um, are you worried about Cordell Patterson? I mean. What are you doing with the Atlanta uh, Atlanta backfield? Do you start Mike Davis at all? I'm worried about Mike Mike Davis right now. Cordero still seems to be getting his touches. Um, an interesting thing I read about Cordero's touches though, because he did get a lot of carries last last week. Um, a majority of those carries when he was on the field, um, someone noted that they looked like they were designed pass plays and they were audible to run plays. So it wasn't like the coach was purposely putting Cordero out there on the run plays. They were just audibled into run plays. So that's a little something to take into mind with Mike Davis. So yeah. he might get more carries than he has been. Yeah, I mean, leading up to last week, they, in terms of rushes, they basically split them 50-50 between the two of them. Um, but what you know, obviously Cordero Patterson was being much more prolific and you know actually putting up stats, but he's also getting most of the passing down work too. And that's why I still think that Mike Davis is – uh, still not something I want to put start or flex. Um, and Cordell Cordell Patterson is an easy go for me. Yeah, I'm uh I'm not starting Mike Davis Cordell Patterson. I am. I think you're looking at the wrong game because Patterson had 14 attempts last week. Mike Davis had four. I said up until last week. Oh, the okay. games before that they were okay. basically all right. 50. All right, all right, yeah, all right. and that's why I was saying like the majority of those carries that he did get looked like plays that were audible into run plays. So not exactly um, he was being sent on onto the field to run every time he did that. Right. It, it does seem odd that in a game that Atlanta's was, you know, taking care of, you know, whatever. They're playing Miami, and how whatever. does Mike Davis? <laughs> like, Atlanta, I think they, they were kind of taking care of business most of the game. Like, how does Mike Davis only get four carries in a game? Yeah, it's it's pretty strange. Uh, At this point, the way I feel about him, honestly, is like I think this offense is going to start heating up. It seems like they're going to start – like really taken off and once they're a high scoring offense and they're winning games that's when you can start thinking about mike davis again yeah i like that um the targets are there for calvin ridley but the production hasn't been obviously what everyone expected coming into the season uh 10 targets last week but only four receptions 26 yards but he did have a touchdown his second on the season um you know i feel like calvin ridley's a must start still at at this point um, like you were saying, Trey, it seems like they are kind of heating up. So Calvin Ridley, a must start, and Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm not sure if we're like 
about to get to Matt Ryan or if we skipped over him, but Matt Ryan was almost my start of the week. That's how much confidence I have in him. I think we're all kind of in consensus here that Matt Ryan is um, really just going to be better from this point on in the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, uh, this offense definitely seems to start it's starting to put it together. You know, it's a new system. We're seven weeks in now or seven games in for most people, and they're, they're just starting to click. You can kind of see it on the field. Everything's just more fluid. It uh, looks good. Um, and don't be worried about Calvin Ridley. I mean, sure, last week production wasn't there, but like every other game he's still getting that target share but was much more productive. I think it was just a w- bad week for him. A little opposite. I'm a little worried about Kyle Ridley. I'll just say that. Calvin Ridley? Oh, yeah, Calvin Ridley. Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Pitts and Kyle Ridley. <laughs> Pitts, though, I mean, he's like, you know, he's just a gigantic receiver that you can plug into your tight end position. And it's it's almost, you know, he's pretty much the dynasty, like in a dynasty league, he's the number one overall tight end, I, I would say, at this point moving forward. Um, he's going to be a freak for a long time. Um, that's probably where the line ends there for both teams. Uh, so let's move on. Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills are 13 and a half point favorites. Bills have had some big spreads, uh, recently, um, over unders 49 and a half points. Um, let's start here on the Dolphins side of the ball Tua. Your start of the week last week ended up being our, our quarterback one overall. Are you going back to the well against the stout Bills defense? I am not. Uh, the, the Bills defense is just too good this year. The The two best games quarterbacks have had against the Bills so far this year was uh, the Washington football team put out 24 points. and watch, By Washington football team, I mean Taylor Heineke when he was on fire for some reason. He had 24 points. And uh, Mahomes had 22 points. Other than that, everyone else is like 10 points, 4 points, 5 points. This was also the game last time the Dolphins played the Bills where Tua got hurt. And he got his ribs crushed. Right. So, um, Good point. Because of all of those points, I am definitely fading Tua this week, sitting him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and you've started to convince me that Tua might be the real deal. Um You know, he's 3 for 3 this this year in starts and, you know, good production, 20 points in each of them. But this is not a game I want to start him in. If he does good in this game, though, what a what a point to prove! Well, yeah, that if would he be if he goes for statement. twenty plus in this game, I am a full on believer of Tua. <laughs> oh, definitely, honestly, I'm, I'm sure one hundred percent in on that. Um, what about the receivers? Uh, are you going there with any of them? Jalen Waddle had six catches, forty eight yards. Um, in PPR, Waddle, yeah. S- I mean, Waddle, also- and that's it. I think Gasecki yeah. probably just because like you don't have much of a of an option. Right, Gusecki. Oh, in any um, league, Gasecki's a must start at yeah. this point. Um, and you know, I'm I'm comfortable starting Waddle. Uh, you know, six catches, forty yards. That was back in week two. You know, he, he was his second game as a pro. They're starting to incorporate him more into the offense. I think Waddle's is still a decent player. What about uh, the backfield for Miami? Malcolm Sh- Brown, run away. run away. Well, Malcolm Brown is out. Um, so Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed, well, it'll probably be a split backfield between those guys. Would you risk throwing Gaskin out there as a flex? No, <laughs> zero shares of this Miami backfield. 
Man, at this point, I, I would only play Gaskin if I had to play a second running back, and he's my second running back. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, if it's a flex position, there's a definitely a wide receiver. Honestly, maybe even a tight end that's more consistent than him. So, you know, comparing him to the backs in the other backfield, Zach Moss, Singletary, um, do you feel more comfortable in the Buffalo backfield? Like, would you start um, – Zach Moss over Gaskin? Yes. Would you, Trey? Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) In the six games that Zach Moss has played this year, he's gone over 12 points in five of them. That's a flex-worthy play. What about Singletary? It's a little more dicey. His production is a little more up and down, it seems like. Uh, So is his usage. Um, I had... That one's dicey. I think if you have to, you could probably could flex him just because the Miami defense isn't great this year. But uh, but I, I'm trying to pivot off a of Singletary. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm skeptical of all backs in this game. Probably look elsewhere if you can. Uh, receivers. Our consensus Moss is out of those three, the best. Yeah, but even then, I'm like I'm I'm not confident starting Zach Moss. I think Tyler's probably the highest on him here. Yeah. No, nah, he, he's just, I think he's a solid flex play. You've been high on Moss for a while, though. I have. And he's <laughs> smoking but, that again, Moss. 12 points, uh, you know, five out of six games. Like, that's absolute flex-worthy play. Yeah, you're right. I want to throw his jersey in the wish list next year. Uh, Tyler Higby <laughs> jersey. <laughs> uh, the receivers for Buffalo, Stefan Diggs, absolute must-start, of course. Manuel Sanders, I think, is a must-start at this point. I'm starting him. Um, you guys feel the same there on Emmanuel Sanders? For sure. Yeah, definitely. And Cole Beasley, PPR, liking him this week with Dawson Knox out. Absolutely. Um, both Beasley and Sanders stepped it up last week with with Knox out. And specifically to, towards Cole Beasley, Miami is in the bottom five uh, ranked defensively against uh, receptions and yards allowed to slot receivers, so this you know bodes well for Cole Beasley. Yeah, the backup tight end there in Buffalo is Tommy Sweeney, who's primarily a blocky <laughs> blocking <laughs> tight end. It's not like a play. I don't Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, Todd or Sweeney something. Todd. Oh, yeah, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Whatever. We're talking sophisticated. Um, Back to fantasy football. So yeah, Cole Beasley's automatic. Um, you know. Uh, increase in play with Dawson Knox out. Sweeney might get a few targets, but nothing um, too crazy. Um, moving on to the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Chicago Bears. Niners are four-point favorites over under is only 39.5 points in this one. Uh, so expected to be a little bit more low scoring. Um, how do you guys feel about Elijah Mitchell? I, for me, he's a must-start at this point. I think he looked really good uh, last week, especially at the beginning of the game. They kind of went away uh, later in the game, but um, I don't know why. Elijah Mitchell's looked really good, in my opinion. His yards per carry is really high, um, and he's he's the lead guy in that backfield, it seems, at this point. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Jermichael Hasty finally came back last week. It looked like he was struggling. It is his first week back, though, so um, I think this might be your last week to really start Elijah Mitchell with confidence just in case Jermichael Hasty comes back and is feeling himself because we know how easily that backfield becomes a committee. Yeah, Mitchell outcarried Hasty 18-3 to 
last week. It was Hasty's first game back, but I'm, uh, I'm just saying if he does warm up, you know things will change. I do agree though. I think uh, I'm safe playing Elijah Mitchell starting Elijah Mitchell this week. Honestly, I think the one thing that actually really throws a flag in this is when Jeff Wilson comes back off IR. Yeah, that's that's really the only running back I'm worried about for Mitchell at this point is when Jeff Wilson comes back. We'll see what happens there, but enjoy um, him while you can. Yeah, I <laughs> no, I don't think it'll be that. I think if anything, it'll be a mix between the two. Um, I think Mitchell's proved himself worthy of playing time at the very least. Jermichael Hasty's kind of been a special teams guy unless he's been called into action because of um, you know injuries the last couple of years. And Trey Sermon is nowhere to be found. So I like Mitchell rest of the season, honestly. This team needs to find an identity. They need some consistency in their game plan outside of just throw the ball to Debo Samuel <laughs> and see what happens. So... Um, I like Mitchell a lot. Speaking of Debo, obviously a must start. But what about Brandon Ayuk? Are you dropping him? Done with him completely. <laughs> uh, the only reason I'd keep him on, on my roster if, if I was in a dynasty league. Any other standard year-to-year league, I am dropping him. Yeah. I think I can get on board with that. His his season-long stats look like uh, like a, a single a game players game stats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I got like eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown. Right, yeah. His season stats are bad. 16 targets, nine catches, 96 yards and a touchdown. Receivers do that in a game. Yeah. He's doing that over six games. It's just bad. Yep. He's not involved. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think it's Khalil Herbert and that's the only guy I'm starting on the bears. What about you guys? I agree. Um, if, if you're in a deeper league, Justin Fields still shows promise because he's a mobile quarterback. And um, I would start him over a uh, quarterback who's not mobile, like Mac Jones or something, if you're in a deep league looking for a quarterback. Yeah. It's an interesting take. I'm not sure if I'm completely on board with that. But, <laughs> he but, can't be horrible forever, man. Yeah, I mean, and granted, you expect him to be better than he did last week. I mean, last he was playing the Tampa defense, and they just wrecked him. Yeah, I they mean, did. They, he was confused the whole time. You, it was clear he had um, probably the worst QB output of the year in the league. Well, that's like a team of rookies and young coaches playing a team of veterans and <laughs> veteran coaches, so they're all going to get their true. ass whooped. That's true. But uh, Khalil Herbert has Must looked start. really really good yep um, i mean damian williams was back in the fold last week and herbert still dominated touches 18 versus three so I, herbert's the guy until montgomery comes back i mean no one's really been able to run the ball on tampa bay and that's all the chicago bears could do is run the ball with khalil herbert and he's a big part of that he looked really good um I'm honestly a little bit worried for David Montgomery um, managers moving forward. I mean, Herbert, has, he's definitely earned some work. Don't look at me. I traded him. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good trade. I, I imagine Khalil Herbert will be involved in some fashion. I would think he'd have forward. to be. I mean, he's shown he's definitely shown more than enough to like warm a lot of touches in this offense going forward. Yeah. When Montgomery's back, I think uh, Damian Williams is the odd man out for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Um, if you need to hear a little bit more reassurance about Khalil Herbert having a great week, the Lions ripped the 49ers in week one. Uh, for the Lions. Uh, for the 33 points, 16 catches, 121 receiving yards, and a touchdown, 93 yards on the ground, and another touchdown on the ground. And 
Herbert is getting those pass catches. I know um, Williams yes. is back, but I mean that just opens things up for him. But so. even with Williams back, Herbert still had five targets and five catches last week. So yeah, you're a hundred percent correct there. And yeah, I, Khalil Herbert. Honestly, I kind of want to change my start of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, he's a he's a smash star for me, and that's the only bear I'm starting uh, moving forward. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cleveland Browns uh, in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns are three and a half point favorites. Over unders forty two and a half. Uh, Nick Chubb is expected to return after missing the last two games with a calf injury. He's been limited at practice, but probably going to play. Um, how do you expect the Cleveland? Because really, the receivers not worthy of starting. The only people you're thinking about starting in the Cleveland backfield right now are the running backs, or on the Cleveland side of the ball are the running backs. So, how do you think it's going to break down with Nick Chubb maybe returning and Dearness Johnson sort of filling in in the Kareem Hunt role? I mean, do you start both of them? I think you kind of answered it saying that because um, the receivers are so banged up right now. Um, we've talked about people's Jones. He's a very hit or miss guy. That's like a boomer bust guy. You can maybe try to throw in there if the receivers are banged up. And um, so, yeah, it's really just uh, Dernis Johnson and Chubb that are going to be the starts for you. And Case Keenum is not going to play this week, right? Baker Mayfield's going to play. Uh, it's, not a, it's not official. He says he feels good and he wants to come back, but it's up in the air still at this point. Honestly, if Baker Mayfield plays, it's definitely the running backs game because I think he's just going to come in and hamper the team. He's too prideful if he does play. Yeah, they've been talking about how he should you know, take some time to heal up, but he's been fighting to get back. So um, he's been limited at practice both Wednesday and Thursday. Didn't he tear his labrum or yes. whatever? Yeah, he has a shoulder labrum he dislocated his shoulder back-to-back weeks he also has a fracture in that shoulder he should definitely sit out um but he is you know a prideful dude like you said everyone wants to go out there and play um they're probably better off sitting up for another week this is a pretty good matchup for them honestly um if cleveland or if chubb is active you're starting him yeah uh dearness johnson i think is the only question mark for this week on this team i actually disagree I think Darius. I absolutely go with Darius Johnson's two. Okay. Um, one, Nick. I don't think they're going to bring Nick Chubb back in at full strength. Uh, they're going right. to you know ease him in. But on top of that, even before the injuries, Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both top ten running backs. Yep. In this, you know, in fantasy football, so like this offense has shown that they can even with poor receiving work, they can produce two top ten running backs. I don't think it really matters whether it's Kareem Hunt or Darius Johnson in there. Yeah. That's perfect explanation, honestly. Dernis Johnson, to me, kind of seems like a rental car. Like, you have it, and you're just going to have a bunch of fun with it. Right, because, hard and fast. Be, yeah, just because you know you don't have to, like, it's not going to be yours forever. You have other, like, you have a, your own cars you're going back to. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm just going to ride the hell out of this thing until I get it back. <laughs> I really think that's kind of how they w- will treat him. Obviously, he's a young guy, but so they might want him for the future, but he's third on their depth chart, so... Why not just use the shit out of him? I and absolutely he, love yeah. that analogy. Well, and he looks good. <laughs> he, looked, he looked good too, and you know, obviously played well for him last week. So the thing is, what they should do when Cream Hunt comes back, like you know, this year in the off season, they should look to trade Darius Johnson because like they're all like Chubb and Hunt aren't old by any means. 
you know, they're all only three or four years in the league. So, yeah, uh, I think like uh, Johnson's a hell of a trade value for them. Seattle. <laughs> uh, on the you just s- signed Chris Carson to a three-year deal. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. I love Chris Carson. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Carson. Uh, on the Steelers' side, uh, Najee Harris must start. Deontay Johnson must start. Um, but then it gets kind of dicey. Kind of. yeah that's uh uh said with wishful thinking do you consider claypool start worthy at all um at this uh, at this point um nah he he had that one good week and then fell off the cliff again even though he was like receiver number two so yeah against seattle too which i think hurts even more because everyone's expecting him to have a huge game only had seven he had seven targets but only two receptions and 17 yards do you start claypool trey no 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 he's a, he's a wait and see guy at this point just because the opportunities are definitely there it's just a matter of like things shifting in his direction i think yeah i mean the biggest issue is that claypool is more your down the field threat where deontay johnson's the guy that you're gonna throw the short quick screens to and let him you know make a play on that and big ben hasn't thrown the ball more than 15 yards on the field in, like this entire season so <laughs> Uh, what about Pat Fryermuth making a little what bit of noise him? at the tight end position? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy's got some real dynasty value. He's just look good at exactly. tight end. Dynasty um, value. Keep him on your dynasty team. You don't on stream him this week? Nope. On the bench until next season. <laughs> All righty. Well, Eric Ebron's still in front of him, right? Um, not, not really. really. He's he's no. getting more snaps and whatnot, but like the, there's – the target's not there. The production isn't there yet. Um, it'll happen eventually. Honestly, the, the one thing is, like, the biggest comp that he had coming out of college was uh, Heath Miller, who Big Ben loved yeah. forever. And I think eventually – I actually, I can't say eventually. They won't have that connection because Big Ben's probably done after this year. So, But he's a Heath Miller type, which is going to be fancy productive eventually. Just not yeah, seeing it this year. He's definitely got all the the skills to uh, to be a valuable tight end in the future um i think maybe even later in the season once he's consistently involved you can feel better about plugging him in um at the tight end spot uh philadelphia eagles taking on the detroit lions the eagles are three and a half point favorites over unders 48 points is this the least watched game of the entire week (laughs) yeah (laughs) this one is not very exciting i mean literally the only people watching are going to be well i guess Detroit and Philadelphia. <laughs> Detroit and Philadelphia fans, but I was going to say fantasy uh, managers that have, you know, Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift and whatnot. Uh, if you're a Jalen Hurts manager, I feel like – You don't you, also, you, you don't, don't want to watch him play. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to. It's so disappointing. He has 10 points since like the last five minutes of the game, and he ends with 22 somehow. <laughs> and, and I've started him all year, and, like, it is like – the one game that I've actually watched him play was a primetime game, so it was easy for me to watch, and – Yikes! Yeah, like, it's also frustrating to watch him just miss those crispy routes that Devonta Smith is running. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Devonta Smith has uh, fell victim to uh, just the piss poor accuracy of Jalen Hurts, and it's funny because like I see in the fantasy community, a lot of people like praise Jalen Hurts, obviously, but just because he's finishing, you know, with. He's been, I think, a top 10 uh, quarterback this entire season. He's never had below 20 points in a game yet. Yeah. It's crazy. So, 
Um, but he's, you know, real life football standards. Uh, it's not been good. You know, even talks of um, benching him for Gardner Minshew. Benching him for Gardner Minshew um, are now going around. So we're from the Pacific Northwest. We would hey, be Minshew mania. Yeah, love Minshew mania. I know the ride has been great, but like if you're holding Jalen Hurts in a dynasty league, you probably you know probably should have looked to trade him like last week. But um, I think the clock is ticking on Jalen Hurts. At this point, you could only unload on an unknowing person. Yeah, and that'd be pretty that hard are, to do. They just look at the bottom line and they're like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he's producing he's incredible." Yeah, uh, but in real life, it's not that way. And Philadelphia's going to look to move on uh, probably sooner rather than later if things continue uh, this way. Uh, but for this week, you're starting him, <laughs> um, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Starting, I think, in my opinion, he's a start this week, obviously, with Miles Sanders out. Um, do you guys feel the same? And what about Boston Scott? Uh, not Boston, for sure. Gainwell, absolutely. Uh, that's, I think it's easy to get Boston Scott. I'm way off of. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at Miles Sanders' usage and think that it's going to be Boston Scott, then that just tells you everything you need to know. Like, definitely not Boston Scott. Gainwell looks great, though. Um, he just he just looks great when you watch him, and um, they're playing against the Lions, who gave up 108 yards and eight catches and two touchdowns to the Bengals running backs two weeks ago, and before that, eight catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown to the Vikings running backs. So they're definitely vulnerable through the air, which is Gainwell's specialty. Yep, and the receiving potential is huge with Gainwell. And with that being said, Kenneth Gainwell is leading fantasy football running backs in fantasy points per touch. Yeah. That's better than Derrick Henry. It's better than, you know, all the other top running backs you have. Per touch basis, Kenneth Gainwell is the top running back in fantasy football. Yeah, he's uh is, you know, that receiving work is deadly and in he's a threat um with the yak um you know after getting the catch. So yeah, Kenneth Gainwell is a guy I've been stashing in a lot of leagues and um excited to be able to finally play him. Hopefully the Eagles get him involved throughout the game. Uh, Unless they're dumb. I forgot to include that the Packers also had seven catches, 56 yards, and three touchdowns from their running backs against the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Um, What about Devonta Smith, though? Like we were just talking, you probably are starting him, right? You have to, and that's the only receiver. Go there. Um, I don't think you like have to start Smith, but I, I this game to me looks decent for him because the Lions. I found a nice little stat: they allow the most points per target to receivers in the league, ten point eight yards per target. Devonta Smith is the most targeted person on that team. He averages just over seven targets. So I mean, just doing like basic math, he's gonna get eighty yards. Hopefully, I think he's better than the average receiver. So hopefully, he'll get more than that, maybe a hundred yards. It's just a matter of if he scores or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Godair, you probably have to start him. Um, I think he's still a great tight end player for the whole season. Surprisingly, though, the Lions are actually top 10 against tight ends so far this year, uh, surrounding less than 10 points a game, which doesn't even make sense just, like, on paper. Um, it is what it is. So I think you have to start Godair, but I would, you know, temper expectations. Uh, Lions side of the ball, DeAndre Swift. Uh, must start, right? Um, what about Jamal Williams or any of these receivers? Are you 
starting any of them? Uh, I'm starting Hawkinson, which is a pass catcher, not exactly a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely not starting a receiver yet. And that, like this, the, this receiving uh, corp is like all over the place when it comes to like who's getting targets now. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's a receiving corpse. It is. It is. <laughs> Just pronounce ha- it like that. Halloween theme. Oh, honestly, if Tyrell Williams would wake up from the concussion he had in week one, <laughs> come back and help these guys. <laughs> he would, if he would rise from the dead. Uh, he, yeah. he got a concussion in week one. He's still out. So it must be like a pretty intense concussion, man. He's been I, swept under the rug. But when he comes back, I really think it will help. But anyways, Rumor has it they removed part of his brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully the part of him that gets injured. Because he's been killing me the last couple of years. But uh, Jamal Williams, speaking to him, like I used to be really big on him. I'm definitely um, losing faith in him. I like him as a running back a lot, but they're starting to see the writing on the wall. You can't deny the ball from DeAndre Swift. Yeah, Cleve Raymond, probably the only um, receiver worth looking at right now. And that's a, a deep option, I think, at this point. Uh, moving on, Tennessee Titans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one-point favorites. The over-under is set at 50.5 points. Just real quick, this isn't fantasy relevant, but when I was putting this together, this line surprised me more than any other line the entire week. I thought for sure Tennessee would be favored in this game. Yeah, uh, Tennessee's kind of been on a hot streak, but Colts have... Kind of too, kind of, but they didn't beat Buffalo and Kansas City in back to back weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's well, that's interesting. Two of like the best teams in the AFC, so you can't really blame them, I guess you would say. But I mean, the the Colts. Um, ah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Honestly, <laughs> you guys just say something. Just <laughs> say something. No, I'm something just else. I'm just saying I was surprised. Uh, I know the Colts are at home, but I thought for sure the Titans would still come in. It's probably a two or three point favorite in this game. Yeah, it's probably the they probably see him as pretty even, and they're just giving the advantage to the Colts for being at home. Um, it's only a one point spread, so that's basically even in in books talk. But um, T. Y. Hilton uh, missed practice Wednesday. He's been limited on Thursday. Still dealing with that quad injury, uh, but he's expected to play this week. So what are you doing with these Colts wide receivers? If T.Y. Hilton is in, are you playing him, and also are you playing Michael Pittman? Definitely playing Michael Pittman no matter what. He's I, I think he's like the obvious wide receiver one on this team at this point. The stats don't really show it, but um, – even last week, he would have ended with, like, four more catches and a touchdown, uh, multiple pass interferences. Like, people are really all over him. He's obviously the wide receiver one. I think he's a must-start. He's going to be my start of the week. If T- if T.Y. Hilton is in, I don't think he's worthy of anything, and Zach Pascal is not worthy of anything either. Wow. Okay. So you're saying if T.Y. plays, you're, you're, you're not starting Michael Pittman at all? Or are you talking about T.Y.? Or are you talking T.Y. is? Oh yeah, I'm saying Nothing. if Ty plays, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna start Ty. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm Dude, starting. You scared me for a yeah. second. There. I was like, damn. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting Michael Pittman no matter what, even if okay. Ty Hilton plays. Sorry, I completely misheard that. Um, I might have misset it. <laughs> um, Michael Pittman, I think, is a must start. I know that in the one game uh, Ty came back, he like Michael Pittman almost almost became non-existent in the offense. I don't believe that's gonna happen going forward. Michael Pittman, I think, has put himself as the number one option in this passing game. And I think he's an absolute start week in and week out. This week, I think you can also start T.Y., though. Uh, at the very least, flex him. 
You're playing one of the worst pass defenses in the league. This team is starting to put together. Carson Wentz is starting to figure it out. It seems like it's like he's getting back to the old Frank Reich mojo. And uh, I think they're both easy plays this week. Yeah, for me, Michael Pittman's a play no matter what. Um, if T.Y. Hilton's able to get a full practice in on Friday, then um, or today, I guess you guys will be hearing it on Friday. Uh, we're recording on Thursday night. Okay, <laughs> the, the gig is up. Um, but if T.Y. Hilton's able to put in, I mean, a full, we're not live. <laughs> put in a full <laughs> practice. Um, I'm playing him. If he's not, then I would be skeptical and probably look to pivot. Um, I would just want to play him when he's 100 percent healthy. Um, and not take that risk. Um, what about uh, Wentz? He's been a little bit better in the last few weeks, and like you said, it's a good matchup. They're playing Tennessee, giving up 20 points per game to quarterbacks in terms of fantasy. So do you consider him a stream? I do. I do. Um, he's had a, outside of one game, he's basically had a floor of 18 points. So far this year, even the games he hasn't played well, he's giving you 18 points, which isn't bad. And this is a great matchup. I think this is a game where he goes over 20. Um, I think the passing game is going to be pretty wide open in this one for them. And I think he has a really good game, actually. If that's true, that means we're heading into a week where Carson Wentz scores more points than Kyler Murray against the Packers defense. Yes, sir. What a great week to well, be here. I mean, he wouldn't have to have a very good game to do that. Kyler only scored 10 points. Yeah, I know. I just don't like where we're <laughs> at this week so far. Yeah, go back, go. But um, on the other side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is um, a, a great option this week. Uh he could probably be picked up off the waiver wire and streamed um, if he's not already rostered in your in your leagues. Uh, I think he's a great play. Um, the receivers, A.J. Brown, looked strong last week. Um, he's kind of doing his thing where he picks it up in the back end of the, the season and becomes dominant. So uh, that might be the story going forward for A.J. Brown. So I think he's a must-start. Julio Jones um still missing practice um so questionable to play uh Derrick Henry's a must start do you guys see it any differently um uh, no not really uh, Julio's a little dicey because I mean he's been dealing with his hamstring injury for a few weeks now or the last two weeks for sure and in those two weeks he only had five catches for 97 yards not great production especially not as somebody wants to see as receiver number two so um I'm looking to, at best, I think Julio's a flex play this week just until he gets healthy. Um, that's all that reason is for. So there's A.J. Brown. Uh, I think he's back to receiver number one status. In the last six quarters, because the two weeks ago, he basically did nothing in the first half, or actually literally did nothing. He had one target, zero catches, zero yards, and then boomed in the second half. So the last six, six quarters, he's had 15 catches, 224 yards, and a touchdown. That's receiver number one all over it. Uh, easy play going forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying um, about A.J. Brown. With Julio Jones, I would rather play someone who's actually healthy. Just someone, he, he seems too hampered. If I have a, a healthy receiver that's wide receiver uh, two, three range, I'm going to start them over Julio. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, Cincinnati Bengals taking on the New York Jets. Uh, Bengals are 10.5-point favorites, uh, over-unders 42 points. As of right now, it looks like Mike White will be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Um, 
<laughs> Are you playing anyone for the J E T S Jets? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. <laughs> not even the running back. I would consider Michael Carter a flex play at running back. Um but I'm not gonna put my I don't want to put too many eggs in that basket right now. Yeah, to me, Michael Carter, like I get that he's like their number one guy at this point, but he hasn't really looked great uh, film-wise or, like, on the field. So I'm not starting him either. You know, I'm looking away from the receivers, obviously. So, yeah, no one starting for the Jets. Trey, do you feel differently? No, I agree with you guys. Michael Carter, I do think, does have appeal in a PPR league. I think he's worthy in the flex. Uh, The Bengals have been getting exposed a little bit through the air by running backs. But last week they shut down the Ravens run game, which is, you know, historically just year in and year out one of the best run games. And they held them to 2.6 yards of carry. Yeah. Um, So they might be feeling themselves. The Bengals are a good defense this year. So I'm definitely staying away from Michael Carter this week. Uh, Bengals side, there's some decisions to be made. Joey Burrow, uh, you starting Burrow? Yes. Not even a question. Not a question. Yeah, he's in my start. Would you start him over Tannehill? Yes. Si, senor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you start him over... Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady? I wouldn't. Now we're attacking Irby. Who are you going to start him over? <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I mean... I think oh, – let me tell you this. Joe Burrow's a top 10 play this week, so that means he's a must-start. Did you start him over Kirk Cousins? Quit copping out. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 play this week too, but I would go Burrow over Cousins if I was making a decision. I like Cousins more, but they're in the same range, man. Yeah, they're right there. All right. Um, what about, obviously, Chase, you're starting. Uh, what about the other receivers, though? Um T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, either of them. Higgins is really starting to run away with receiver number two duties here. Um, at this point, I think Boyd just isn't playable. Would you still keep him on your bench in case someone gets hurt? Yes. I don't think, he's, I don't think you would drop him yet, but uh, I'm definitely not putting him into any position. Yeah. I'm on the same page, but even like keeping Tyler Boyd, hoping that he would fill in as a wide receiver two role, might be a little far-fetched, like, hoping because, I mean, his career average depth of target is is so short. It's like seven yards or something like that. So I don't know if he could really slip into that wide receiver tool, wide receiver two role like that. I honestly don't know much about him. Maybe he can, but historically he's not really built for that type of role. I, I'm definitely, like, I'm pretty off of uh, Tyler Boyd at this point in the season. Tyler Higgins, though, is still getting a good amount of targets, so I feel like you kind of have to flex him if you need to. Yeah, I think Higgins is a good play, but would you drop Boyd completely? I mean, who would you pick up on on the waiver that you know if you uh, drop Boyd? I wouldn't drop him just yet. I if you need a if you need to, I think he is. I think he's the wide receiver three here. I mean, T. Higgins had 15 targets last week. He didn't do a ton with it, but still, I think it's pretty clear the pecking order here. And wide receiver threes can be valuable but i i think you can drop him if you really need to make a move elsewhere in your roster but other than that i would hold on to him just to see what happens yeah only in a ppr league i would hold on to him because even if he does start taking off it's just gonna be ppr points for the most part is what it seems like 
you know, just a bunch of points out of the slot, a lot of catches, you know, 80 yards, something like yeah. that. I mean, just knowing, like, say, in a standard, you know, like, like let's take our league, our 12-team, you know, standard league. Who, If you were going to drop Tyler Boyd, I mean, who on the waiver wire are you feeling comfortable picking up to replace him, though? Even even they, even they're just a bench warmer for you. Uh, that uh, I don't that means up a good point. I have to look at the waiver wire. My gut instinct would be, in our league, since it's half PPR, Hunter Renfro. Okay. Okay, that's Someone fair. who's like getting consistently more touches. Um, I don't think he's available though. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's available. Our league is mad stingy. Yeah. <laughs> so it would I mean, it would be tough. It would be someone that like it's not bad. Is Renfro is on. only owning fifty eight percent of leagues on uh, sleeper, so that's not that's not a bad take. Well, he's the in the top two of target leaders in the Raiders, so people need to open their eyes. <laughs> yeah, um, like someone like Tim Patrick. Is on our waiver wire right now. Definitely. I would pick him up over Tyler Boyd. Even with Judy back this week? Yes. Hmm, okay. Tim Patrick was just dropped out of our league, and he was supplying a nice little nice little floor um, for a while. Other than that, there's basically no options. On the All right, so we, we mostly hate Higgins. Tyler kind of likes him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like Higgins. No, I, no, no. I, I, we, we, we don't like Boyd. I mean, Boyd. God, I Boyd. get a mix up so yeah. easily. That's my fault. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I'm only keeping. I'm keeping Boyd on my bench. I'm not starting him by any means or Boyd. flexing him at all. And the that's t- my Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> the tight end CJ uh, Uzama. I think you can plug in as a streamer. Hope he gets a touchdown. You know, he, dude, he's playing too well the last few weeks yeah. to like not throw him in the he, lineup. And he's see involved what and you know he's making plays so. He's my start of the week, man. I got some juicy stats that are going to convince you. Okay, okay. Man, we're going to know all your starts of the week (laughs) before we even get to them. (laughs) I'll give you the reasons why. All right, all right. Uh, Later. (laughs) Moving on to the Rams taking on the Texans. Rams are 14.5-point favorites. Over-unders, 47.5 points. Mark Ingram was recently traded back to New Orleans, so David Johnson is – you know, kind of the lead guy there, Philip Lindsay also in play. Uh, does this make David Johnson worth a flex in your guys' eyes? Oh, geez. Maybe in a deep, a deeper league. I, I really like the promise for him with um, Mark Ingram being out of the, the picture now, but uh, this is someone like I literally picked him up in two leagues. I'm going to have him on my bench this week just to see what happens. I think that's a smart play. Um, if you got if you picked him up, I, I don't think it's a bad thing by any means. But I'm not putting him in my lineup this week unless I absolutely had to. Yeah. Which unless you're completely decimated, decimated by injuries or you're in a 14 or 16 team league, you shouldn't have to. Yep, I've been avoiding the Texans all year. I know Brandon Cooks has been you know somewhat there and. Well, he started uh, off super hot. And he's been really bad. dicey since. Yeah, the whole offense has led uh, being led by. Good old Mills. Uh, Davis. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm avoiding all Texans, but also playing all Rams. Um, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Go Eags, baby. Just yeah. ridiculous. Um, going back to the Houston offense just real no, quick. No, let's not. No. <laughs> just just so you like, you don't, don't try to get cute on this. The Houston offense has scored a total of 30 points in the last four weeks. Yeah. That's like. We're avoiding them. Yeah. Not playing him. Not. Um, Isn't Tyrod coming back though? Uh, not this week. He's <laughs> yeah, not this week. But 
you know, expected he, to be. I think he's soon. close. I think he's close. Yeah. Though. Oh, I, I just want to say that for anyone who's like hearing that and thinking like, damn, like the Texans are like screwed all year. Tyrod will be back. Well, Tyrod will be back. Will change. Come on, Tyrod. Let's go. You know, get back. He is back at practice, but they expect him to ease him back. Uh, not expected to play this week. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a huge rush. Oh. They're not making a playoff push, I don't think. so. Since we're talking about Houston real quick, I just want to say Mark Ingram, like he had a lot of carries, man. Like and Since he's gotten those carries, might go to David Johnson. So I'm just saying like, keep an eye on David Johnson. Like He, he might go up into the 15-20 carry range, which makes him at least flex-worthy every week. Maybe. The only thing is like I think they completely under underutilized Philip Lindsay. And I think we can see more of a 50-50 split with them going forward, just like Philip Lindsay had in Denver. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Uh, the Rams, Cooper Cup starting. Start, everyone. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods, Daryl Henderson, all starts, um, and that's where the line ends. Not quite. Who else? Higby. Tyler Higby. Don't forget about my boy. I say, don't forget Tyler's Higby. I always forget about the tight end. <laughs> That's his new name. It's not Tyler Higby. It's Tyler's Higby. That's <laughs> Tyler. He's mine. I've claimed him. <laughs> Uh yeah, Higby another solid start at tight end this week. Uh Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are three point favorites. Did you home. imagine that, Tyler? You're only three point favorite against, against the Jacksonville. Jaguars. I know. It's very sad. We're actually also 0 and three at home. It's the first time since like nineteen ninety two. Yikes. Uh you know that's what happens when you have a shitty team that's held up by a great quarterback. <laughs> uh forty three and a half point. Over under, uh, Alex Collins limited again at practice and missed practice Thursday. Actually, super weird. Like really weird the way that he played. He practiced yesterday, but he didn't play to practice at all today. I guess they just thought he needed a rest day. So keep an eye on that for Friday. Hopefully, he gets a full practice in. Uh, but if he's good to go, you're starting Alex Collins. Um, Probably don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the receivers? DK Metcalf. Uh, he's got a bit of a fit, foot I- issue. He missed practice Thursday. Um, I mean, it's been rough with Geno Smith at the helm. So give me your thoughts on the Seattle receivers. I'm still going with DK. Uh, I know in through the first three quarters, he had that one target, which equaled one catch and 84-yard touchdown is great uh don't be worried about him missing practice today this is the third straight week that he's limited on wednesday missed thursday and then he'll probably be limited tomorrow on friday um so he'll be he'll still play and you're only playing him still because of the big play that he provides um tyler lock on the other hand i am sitting until russell gets back even though tyler lock is known for the big play i think it's specifically because Russell is so well known for that moonshot that he throws up. It lets Tyler Lockett kind of track it. But Geno throws more of a very uh, tight, deep pass. Um, you saw on the one deep play they gave to Tyler Lockett. It's, such, it's so deep, and Tyler's not, he's, you know, 5'10. He's a small guy out there. And it just, it doesn't bode well for him to try to, like, track the ball. And so DK is who I'm starting. I'm sitting Tyler Lockett. I agree. 100% agree. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, the receiver receiver situation is tricky to decipher. Um, it looks, you know, Marvin Jones had a big week. Um, 
in their last game against Miami, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, LaVisca Chenault also had 10 targets but only 54 yards. Are you starting both those guys against Seattle, who's been not great against the pass? LaVisca's a weird one to me. I think I'm going to keep him on my bench this week. I know Seattle's defense is super porous, and they just let receivers do what they want for the most part. But like this whole Jamal Agnew, like wide receiver, cornerback hybrid thing, going into the slot, taking Lavisca's slot position. Now Lavisca's outside. I just I'm curious what's really going to happen with this change in the offense. So I don't like Lavisca this week. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I'm, it's a wait and see for me with Lavisca. Obviously, we know he's a very talented player. Um, but until they actually put him into the lineup and actually utilize him week in and week out, it's hard to say. On the other hand, Marvin Jones, you're, you're, you probably have to start. Um, yeah. He's shown relatively consistent production so far this year. Um, and he's going against such a poor defense. Like It's like he's more of a – I'd more expect him to boom than to bust this week. Yeah, starting anyone on Jacksonville outside of James Robinson – Recently has been pretty scary, uh, but I feel like you can start Marvin Jones, wait and see with LaVisca, um, obviously start James Robinson. Trevor Lawrence worth a stream? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's dicey. I think you there's probably better options seeing that it's such a short bye week um, in terms of you know teams being off. But, you know, he's shown some promise. Uh, obviously, we know in, eventually he's going to be very good. Uh, he's shown the flashes. He'll be good going forward. But, I mean, he's still a rookie. He's cut down down on turnovers. You know, he's cut his in, uh, interceptions by, like, 90% since the first three weeks of the season, uh, which is great. And he does have the running ability. I just – I think you have better options. Uh, Patriots take it on the Chargers. The Chargers are five-point favorites. The over-under is 49 points. Uh, on the Chargers' side of the ball, they're coming back off of a bye. Um, Mike Williams has kind of had a couple bad showings the last three games. Um, are you hesitant at all starting Mike Williams and Keenan William, or Keenan Allen, or are they full go? I like Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen is flexworthy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm certainly a little hesitant with Mike, only because like we've seen, like in previous seasons, he's shown like such big flashes and then fizzled out, and I'm a little worried that's starting to happen. Um, but I'm gonna roll with him still. Yeah. And Keenan Allen, he's not been the receiver number one like we expect him to be. He's one of those guys who's been like so consistent for the last you know five years. Like you can almost bank on like ninety catches and a thousand plus yards year in and year out. This year is not happening, but he's not so like up and down like Mike is. Uh, Keenan is giving you a solid you know ten to fifteen points a, a week, which makes him you know a very solid flex play week in and week out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin Herbert, you're starting. Austin Eckler, obviously you're starting. Um, Eckler, hold on. He did end up on the injury report this week. Oh. Or just today, I mean, with a hip injury. Huh. Um, is he questionable? Uh, yeah, questionable right now. Um, I thought I threw this in there. What the hell happened to it? Where did I put it? I mean, I just, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, added to injury list Thursday with a hip injury, and did not practice. So keep an eye on Eckler's health. Uh, apparently, he's did not practice Thursday, so we'll see what happens Friday. And that's a new injury that literally happened today in practice. So who knows what might happen? Um, to pay very close attention to that because if he comes a game time decision, you're gonna make sure you're on top of that come Sunday morning. Yeah, that's that's a big big deal. Um, I guess it would be Josh Kelly behind him. Or Justin Jackson. I was going to ask you guys that. Who do you think it's really going to be? Justin Jackson's had more carries this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I imagine it would be some sort of split backfield. Um, But, yeah, so keep an eye out on Austin Eckler. Um, On the Patriots side, though, Damian Harris has had two straight 100-yard games. Um the Chargers have given up the most rushing yards in the league. So, obviously, you think he's a smash play this week. Um, what about the other backs? Do you consider throwing Brandon Bolden out there with the receiving work he's been getting? No, thank you. <laughs> I do really like Damian Harris, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, if you're in a bad bind and you have to throw Bolden out there, I suppose, but I'm not banking on that by any means. Uh, David Harris is the play here, and it's weird to say that because, like, we've gone, what, 10, 15 years since, like, the Patriots have had a true, like, number one running back? <laughs> like, it's been a long time, and, like, but Bill Belichick is giving us a true fantasy capable, like, starting running back. Um, yeah which is insane and I love it because I'm actually a Damian Harris owner. Thank you, James. <laughs> well, I've been waiting on this for two years, so <laughs> yeah. and it's finally coming to fruition uh, as soon as I trade him away, but whatever. Um, what about the pass catchers in New England? The tight end, honestly, I think Hunter Henry might have a yeah. good, good look at this game. Hunter Henry's a play for me. Or honestly, it might be kind of like either or, either Hunter or Yanu, because they've been getting blown up through the air by Yanu's, tight ends the last few weeks. The Chargers have. Yanu might miss time. That's why Hunter Henry is actually my start of the week at tight end. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure you got plenty of stats because the Chargers have been getting pooped on by tight ends. Yeah, so um, Hunter Henry's a smash play. Outside of that, I'm not playing any of the receivers. That's just me. Somehow the receivers are more dicey than the running backs are. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad fantasy season when the best rookie quarterback is, like, quarterback 26. Mm. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, you can't start the best rookie quarterback because he's not going to get you no points. That's right. Uh, Washington football team taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos are three-point favorites. The over-under is 44 points. Uh, Antonio Gibson still dealing with that hairline fracture in his shin, questionable again to play. And he's just been kind of a drag on fantasy rosters as of late because you don't really know if you should start him or not. Um, It's kind of been up in the air whether he's actually healthy or not, but they keep putting him out there and then he'll play, then he won't play. Um, So what are you doing with Antonio Gibson? curious on your guys' take like if you're a manager would you start him or would you look elsewhere honestly when i first read that he had that hairline fracture in his shin the first thing i tried to do is pick up his backups just because i feel like it's just an injury waiting to happen i'm not no medical expert or anything i don't know anything about nothing like that but just like 
from random like uh after that mcgregor fight you know he came in with that hairline fracture and his leg snapped now i just every time i hear hairline fracture i'm just like i don't trust it right and if i'm an antonio gibson owner like just because this is still hampering him and it seems like it's getting worse like i would be trying to get rid of him it almost seems like it's too late though I'm not sure I'm trying to get rid of him, but I'm definitely fading him, and I would look to start somewhere else. Um, honestly, I think if Washington was smart, I think they'd they'd sit him this week because they're going to their bye week after it. Give him a couple weeks to heal up, man. Yeah, I was just going to say they have their bye next week, but that also makes me concerned because I feel like they might limp him out there for one more week with the idea that, oh, he can rest next week because we have our bye. So let's get, let's get him 10 to 12 you know, touches and keep the defense honest. Don't let him game plan for just McKissick. And, you know, he, he puts together another mediocre fantasy performance. So for me, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm, I'm considering other options for sure this week. It's kind of throws a wrench in the gears though, because the Broncos had just been getting lit up on the ground, just giving up so many points. Obviously the Browns are a great team, but Najee Harris just, tore them up the Steelers are not a good running team and he got 140 yards um it, it, the Raiders got 33 points against him the Browns got 33 points against him it's just it seems like whoever's gonna play and gets the opportunities is gonna score I just don't think it's gonna be Antonio Gibson agreed uh Terry McLaurin you're starting uh no other receivers there Ricky Seals Jones you're starting uh no I'm fading oh this is a really awful matchup for tight ends. Um, Denver is giving up less or only about eight points a game to tight ends so far this year. This is a, I mean, if you have to start my you know, tight end position sucks. We we all know that, you know, yeah. playing anybody there's a usually dicey as it is. But if I have somewhere to, to, you know, fade for someone else, I am. Yeah, I'm with you on that. He's also kind of like uh, battling a little bit of an injury right now, uh, a hamstring injury. So, those combined definitely fade them this week. Uh, the On the other side of the ball, the Denver Broncos, the Washington football team has been terrible um, on defense, which no one really expected. But uh, they've been getting torched through the air. Um, so uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy might be coming back. Um, how do you feel about those guys? For me, Cortland Sutton is a start. Um, Jerry Judy, if he's healthy and active, is a start. And I think you can even stream Teddy Bridgewater. What do you guys think? Mm, I, I'm sketchy about Jerry or yeah, Jerry Judy coming off of IR. That's why I still kind of like Tim Patrick, just because, just in case he comes back and there's a little slip up in his recovery, uh, Tim Patrick will still be impactful. But um. Yeah, I'm fading Jerry Judy just just for another week or so. I'm keeping on my bench. Just got to see what happens. Um, I'm okay starting both Judy and Sutton, but I am lowering expectations for Sutton. Um, I know they haven't really played together yet this year, so we'll see what happens. But when like when one played, the other was out, and vice versa. And when they're the only guy on the field, they are both producing. But this is the first time we're seeing it, so I think you could absolutely see more of a uh, – 50-50 kind of split in terms of targets and catches and yards and you know that whole the whole shindig what to add on to your to your point which goes against my point honestly uh jerry judy could have been brought back from ir last week and they just chose not to so um he's 
healthier than someone who's just off the IR normally would be. Uh, what about the running back situation? Um, Javante Williams had a nice week last week. Um, he's still a start for me, but what do you guys think? Him and Melvin Gordon. Uh, Javante Williams is just becoming a stronger um, play every week, honestly. Yeah. He's not the strongest play, but he's making a case. Um, he's building his case each more. What am I saying? Building the case each week, you know, to become a starting running back. He's getting really close. He is. Um, he's clearly showing that he is better than Melvin Gordon. Um, it's just, it, you know, it's just the facts. Even though Melvin Gordon is still getting most of the snap count in terms of he's over 50% every week so far still. But Javante Williams. <laughs> yes, the, everyone can hear that. Can you hear that? Sorry. <laughs> I try to get off to the side. It didn't work. Get it in post. <laughs> um, but. Production-wise, Javante Williams is just just doing better. And the only issue is that, like, I don't think you could start either one of them yet, Javante Williams included. I think they're both at best flex plays. Yeah, Melvin Gordon would have had a terrible uh, game last week if he didn't get into the end zone on that diving play where he caught a ball and, and made his way into the end zone. Uh, Javante Williams, though, looked like the much more strong runner. Um I would start Javante, sit Melvin. Um, Noah Fant, starting. Noah Fant. <laughs> Has anyone ever said? I've never seen a team name like that yet, uh, actually. Noah Fant. Noah Fant. That's a good team name, though. That's a good one. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Saints. The Bucks are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-unders, 50 points. Um... How are we feeling about the Saints side of the ball with the newly inquired uh acquired Melvin or Mark Ingram? I, I feel really good about it, honestly. I, I really think the Saints are gonna have a good game. Um I like the over. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Over under fifty, so I, I really believe it's gonna be a high scoring game. And You think you think Jameis can get it done, huh? I think James can get it done. Obviously, Kamara's going to get it done. Um, Mark Ingram, probably not quite yet. That's someone I would wait. Like, maybe I can see him going off in, like, two or three weeks. I mean, luckily, he comes back. They expect Mark Ingram to play this week because he knows the offense. You know, it hasn't yeah. changed since he left. So, it's still there. Um, I think this is probably – it sucks a little bit for Kamara owners, as I am. I think we'll see him kind of drop uh, just slightly. I mean, Kamara's still going to do what he does. But this is more, in terms of football terms, it's great for the Saints because, like, they've been killing Alvin Kamara this year. He's getting way more carries than he has at any point in his career. And, I mean, this last week he had 20 carries and 10 catches against the Seahawks. I mean, that's 30 touches a game. That He's never done that before. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara is <laughs> absolute me. must start. I mean, I'm a little worried about Jameis. Uh, though in in the offense, like I'm not starting any of the receivers. Um, on the Buccaneers side, though, Leonard Fournette, I think, is a must start. You know, um, even though even though the Saints have been tough against running backs, I just think he's claimed that that running back one role, and he's going to get work through the air. He's going to get work on the ground, and he's a must start for me as well as the three receivers. 
Uh, two receivers. Antonio Brown is not playing this game. Is he out? He's he's out. He's probably out for multiple weeks, even after the bye week. Oh wow! He has a low ankle sprain that's backed by his heel, and Bruce Arians is saying, or he's not commenting whether or not he'll be back even after the bye. Okay. As Antonio Brown's going out, Rob Gronkowski gets healthy, gets his yep. first full practice today, you Thursday. Definitely starting him. He was almost my start of the week, especially with Antonio Brown being out. I, I just feel like Tom Brady, whether he knows it or not, does play favorites. And he, and obviously him and Gronkowski have that connection. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm, I mean, you probably are playing Gronk either way, but I think Brown being out only boosts Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin, whenever Antonio Brown misses a game, goes yeah. off. Like, He's... absolutely goes off. And I actually would, if I'm going to put them in order, I'm putting Godwin over Mike Evans. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And with that being said, I want to go back to the Saints real quick. Um, I know on paper, Jameis Winston looks like a really good play. I am worried about starting him this week. I understand that Jameis has like way cut down on his picks, only three interceptions so far this year, but we all know who he is. You know, At the end of the day, he is a gunslinger. I don't think Sean Payton's completely changed that out of him, and Tampa does have the second most picks in the league at 10, trailing only... I'd say the Dallas Cowboys, but really it's Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Trayvon <laughs> who has, Diggs. Who has seven by himself. Yeah. Um, but that's that worries the hell out of me, honestly. Um, I think Jameis, I know Trey's big on him this week, and I'm like, I feel like Jameis is one of those players this week, there's no middle ground. He's either going to go completely off because it's such a bad pass defense in general, or right. he's going to completely bomb yeah. like Hiroshima. It's a, it's literally like a boomer bust at quarterback, which typically isn't the case. Uh, but I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, speaking of Trayvon Diggs, though, the Dallas Cowboys uh, taking on the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football in Minnesota. The Cowboys are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is set at 55. Uh, so expected to be a high-scoring game. Um on the Vikings side of the ball with those receivers. I personally, of course, you're starting Justin Jefferson. I really like Thielen this week, though, as well. He almost was my must or my start of the week. So I think those two are our smash play. Uh, what do you think about, though, KJ Osborne? Are you going there with a flex if you need a deep flex play on what might be a high scoring game? Um, I think so, and the reason why is because Justin Jefferson, it's already been reported that Trayvon Diggs is going to uh, be shadowing him the entire game, and so I think you see a less productive game out of Justin Jefferson because Trayvon Diggs has shown that he is a very good cornerback, and that only boosts Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. I mostly agree with you. Diggs is a pretty good cornerback, but he does give up a bunch of yards. So it's just a matter of whether or not he gets those picks. I think Justin Jefferson will still get a good amount of yards against him. Um, yeah, I think you can consider K.J. Osborne this week as a flex play in deeper leagues. Uh, Dalvin Cook is... So real quick, let me ask you this. If you were going to start one of either Thielen or Jefferson, who are you taking number one this week between those two? I would go Thielen. Jefferson. Really, see, I'm going Thielen also. I think 
Trayvon Diggs is good enough to slow down Jefferson. Yeah, I'm not sold on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's got the picks, man, but I'm not sold on it. He yeah. he still gets burnt. He still gets burnt bad. Yeah, he does. He just happened. I'm not saying it's not like luck, but he he's been around for a lot of interceptions, but he's also been burnt plenty of times. I think it just comes down to how willing is Kirk Cousins, uh, how willing is he to take that risk, you know, throwing the ball in his direction, or if his stud Adam Thielen is getting open, is he just going to consistently go that route? Because why wouldn't you, right? I mean, Adam Thielen's been an elite route runner in the league for a while um that's kind of where he's made his bread and butter and um i think he can have a big game in in a game where they're probably gonna have to score a lot of points so um but i agree i I mean i understand trey where you're coming from for sure um dalvin cook is healthy avoided the injury report finally um so obviously a smash play there and i think kirk cousins is a good play as well. Um, good streaming option at quarterback. On the Dallas side, obviously Dak Prescott, you're playing Ezekiel Elliott. If healthy. Oh, yep. If healthy. Um, and the receivers, though, I think you got to make a decision on Amari Cooper, right? I mean, CeeDee Lamb, I think you're playing no matter what, but Amari Cooper's kind of been quiet as of late. Um, Ever since that huge game in week one, he's been pretty mediocre. What's new? (laughs) (laughs) The guy who can take over games who just decides to disappear in many of them. From a Salty Raiders fan, that's my take, but it's also pretty damn true. (laughs) So would you play him then coming off the bye against Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, if Dak is healthy, this there's just too much firepower on this offense in general. Um, I think you have to play him still. Yeah, you have to play him. It's just hard to tell whether or not he actually wants to play football that day. <laughs> uh, Dal- Man, you are salty. <laughs> <laughs> I no. am. Just look at his stats from when he went from the, from the Raiders to the Cowboys. What happened? Nothing changed, but scenery. Yeah, I mean, you do watch him, and sometimes it seems like he's – disinterested and then you know he'll make like a big play all of a sudden out of nowhere but um i I can hear what you're saying uh elliot you're playing dalton schultz a good play at tight end um i mean he's certainly streamable he's once he had that breakout week in week three he scored at least 10 points we every week since then i mean that's pretty – that's consistent. I mean, he's getting – That's all you can ask out of your tight end. <laughs> that's must start, honestly. I mean, he's honestly, top since, 10. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he is. I mean, since then, seven, eight, eight, and six targets a week. Like, that's great. I think you're absolutely starting him. Yeah. Uh, Giants taking on the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs are nine-and-a-half point favorites. Over-unders, 52-and-a-half points. Um, Daniel Jones – this might be another week where you can throw him in uh, against the Kansas City defense that's been terrible. And giving up the second most points to quarterbacks this year um, and have given up the most rushing yards and touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. It's starting to sound like Daniel Jones is the stream of the week. 
I would like to argue otherwise. I was someone who was really big on Daniel Jones, but I just combined with the the Chiefs being the second worst in the league is like pretty inflated by them also playing probably like four of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the league in seven weeks. Like they they played Lamar Jackson, he got thirty three points week two. Justin Herbert got thirty eight points. Um, they played Jalen Hurts, who got thirty one, and they played. Josh, um, Allen. Josh Allen, who got 41. And uh, uh, the weeks besides that, they've held people to under 20 points. So they held, ba- they held Baker to 11, Heineke to 11, Tannehill to 20. I don't think Daniel Jones will do better than Tannehill. I, yeah, I think you bring up a good point. You do. And, uh, <laughs> and that kills Tyler's whole argument. So much. <laughs> so much. I don't like it. But I will say Daniel Jones does have the rushing ability that the guys you just mentioned all do too. Obviously Lamar, not even close, but Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, they can like even though they're not necessarily runners, they both can run and pick up a lot of points doing it when they when they decide to do so. And I think that's what still in my eyes still makes Daniel Jones the stream of the week is that rushing ability. I don't know if he's like stream of the week. He may be stream of bull. I think you stream a bowl for well, sure. Well, I mean, okay, but streaming the week in terms of like, I'm not talking about you're you're not you're going to start him like over Josh you, Allen. Would you start him over Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, I think how injured his receiving core is, Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know what? I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with you though because he does have that rushing upside. I mean, you never know. He, he's definitely so, not like he a bad. Definitely start. could have a number big game. two stream of the week behind Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> well, the real question is like, so if you have Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr, would you be comfortable putting Daniel Jones in? No, no, that, that, they're on bye this week. That's what I'm saying. Oh, if you had them both, yeah. I mean, if, if, also that's terrible roster. Position. No, like, I'm just saying, if you have Lamar <laughs> Jackson or Derek Carr and they're on by, and you see Daniel Jones sitting on the waiver wire, you're just like, that's my guy. Yeah, unless Ryan Tannehill's there. Yeah, unless Ryan Tannehill's there. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I think, I, I think outside of that, like most other guys are probably rostered. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, guys of that nature are probably already rostered. So I think Daniel Jones would be still your best bet. Uh, with the yeah, res- get on that. With the receivers willing to go there with any of the receivers or Evan Ingram. Why do we keep saying this name? <laughs> we have to with these injuries, man. Yeah. He I hasn't mean, really done Canaries, anything. Tony, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, they're all still limited. Um, all three, though, have the potential of coming back even this week. Yeah. So um, It sounds like Shepard is on the best track of playing. He practiced both days and says he, his hamstring feels good, whereas Tony and Galladay practiced yesterday, did not practice today. So unless we see you know a limited or full or full participation on Friday, it's a little dicey. Um, honestly, the, the really what it comes down to is like if they're all like clear to play, can you are you gonna start any of them? Like well, you have no idea what's happening. Here, here's my take: is that the fact that it's Monday Night Football changes this a lot for me. Like. If if these guys aren't a hundred percent ready to go, and you know that by Sunday morning, you have to make a real decision on if you're playing any of them at all. Because if you decide, okay, I'm, I am going to play them, and then come Monday night they're not ready to go, or something happens, or whatever, you have no options to pivot to unless you have a deep, you know, Chiefs receiver or uh, you know 
Evan Ingram. Or <laughs> <laughs> all four of these giant yeah. receivers. So for me, I'm fading all of them, really. I mean, until we know for sure what their health is, um, I would look elsewhere. Most, yeah, because they're Monday night guys. I mostly because it's Monday night, right? I mean, you, you don't want to watch all the Sunday games happen and then get hit with some terrible news that these guys aren't playing. None of them are playing. And then you're screwed. Like, um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would prepare elsewhere. Um, if I had to throw a dart, I'd throw it at Tony. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hold on to my dart. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty much it for the giants, right? Devontae Booker. You probably have to go just because I mean, Generally, if you're a Devontae Booker owner, you probably also own Saquon. So you probably have to go. Uh, The Chiefs, you know, last week was absolutely terrible for them. I expect um, a comeback game, I think. So don't hesitate to start Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. That's where the list ends. And Darrell Williams. Um, And that's it, right? Yeah. Totes. (laughs) <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's finish this thing off with our starts of the week. Um, we can start it at quarterback. And wow, so weird starting at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll kick it off. I'll go with uh, no surprise here. Ryan Tannehill is my quarterback of the week. Um, start of the week. Last time they played the Colts, he had 24 points against them in week three. Um, A.J. Brown seems to be back. Julio Jones making his way back, might be playing. Um, it's a good matchup. I think Tannehill is the top stream of the week at quarterback. Some other guys to look at, though, like we mentioned earlier, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater even playing against the Washington football teams worth a look if those other two aren't available. Trey, who's your start of the week? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already touched on it a little bit. My quarterback start of the week to Irby's dismay is Jameis Winston versus the Buccaneers. Obviously, it's a revenge game. It's the first time he gets to play the Buccaneers since he um, was last starting for them. Jameis has been running the ball more, adding like 30 yards per game over the last couple of weeks. His attempts have gone up over the last couple of weeks, 30 and 35 attempts. Uh, I know Tampa Bay... Did really good against the Bears, but that's just, I mean, that's just Justin Fields. And we were talking about it earlier. It's a really young team playing like a really veteran team. That was just a, a horrible outcome. But, I mean, other than that, the the worst game, or I guess the best game that they've had against quarterbacks was against J- Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins, and he had 19 points. And then besides that, it's Mac Jones against the Patriots, 21 points. If those guys can hover on the 20-point range, I firmly believe Jameis Winston can at least be around that range. And possibly get above that range. Will he throw some picks? Yeah, probably. he probably fucking will. <laughs> <laughs> he will. But will he throw three touchdowns? That's pretty likely. All right. Tyler? Uh, yeah, I mean, this one might be a little obvious because it's against the Jets. But I'm going with Joe Burrow. Um, he's had four straight games of at least 20 points. And the Jets defense is giving up uh, 275 yards a game through the air. That seems just – it's too easy. Oh, and by the way, the Jets also have not recorded a pick this year. They're the only team in the NFL to not do that. So that just means Joe Burrow is probably going for, you know, 300, four touchdowns and zero picks. <laughs> that, that puts him as an easy top five play this week. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, going to running back, I got the running back on that same team. Uh, Mr. Joe Mixon, uh, he rushed for 59 yards on 12 attempts um, and a touchdown on Sunday, which was not great. The touchdown kind of saved him in that win over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it was a 21-yard rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter. Kind of salvaged his day. But he's um, leading the league or right there at the top of the list in attempts on the year. Um, it's a good matchup. Um, and and to be you know second in the league on rushing attempts and still averaging 4.4 yards per carry is pretty good. And, and guess what? He's playing the Jets. So there you go. You saw what Damian Harris did to him last week. Um, I expect a big game from Joe Mixon. In two weeks in a row, Joe Mixon. It's so weird, like the Bengals are making all these appearances and starts of the week now. <laughs> yep. You know, the interesting thing really is that this week specifically, we all have a Bengals player, but all at different positions. So, like, one of us is going to be wrong. No, the offense is explosive, man. I, I think, honestly, all three of ours are money. Mixon, right. Burrow, and uh, we'll get to mine in a little bit. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> my, my running back uh, start of the week is going to be Damon Harris versus the Chargers. Chargers just given up mad amount of points to running backs lately. They gave up 158 yards, 1.5 touchdowns, and 23 fantasy points to running backs so far in the year. Two weeks ago, Cleveland ran for 222 yards and three touchdowns. Last week, Baltimore ran for 112 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Harris has 100 yard, 100 plus yards in the last two games and three total rushing touchdowns over those last two games. It's just a perfect storm. It's all the numbers are com- combining together. I don't see how it's not going to happen. Um, yep. I'm actually also go- going Damian Harris, but <laughs> um, you guys have the same running back. We do. We do. We do. Oh my But for the sake God, of the sake the of being heck? different, hell kind of operation is this? <laughs> I mean, we that just shows you how good we both believe Damian Harris can be. Yeah, like we're both taking them. Um, but for the sake of being different, um, everything Trey said is completely correct. Damon Harris is probably over 100 yards on touchdown this week again, uh, which makes him a great play. But as I said earlier, I said I might want to change my my pick my start of the week at running back, and that was for Khalil Herbert. And everything we said earlier in that matchup, I still stand by. I mean, honestly, the more we were talking about it in that matchup, the more I was like, damn, I should I, I really should have picked this dude as my start of the week. So, yeah. you know, just give you someone different, Khalil Herbert would be my guy. Herbert has uh, looked dominant, and I like that. I also like Elijah Mitchell, too, just to give you one more little bonus pick there. Um, receivers. I will start here with Cortland Sutton. Yes, Cortland Sutton is my start of the week at wide receiver. And I know that's uh, a little bit deeper, but, you know, I feel like Adam Thielen's a little bit chalky of a pick, so I went with someone that's a little bit more risky. Um, I know Jerry Judy is most likely back this week, but I don't think that means you should you should fade or, or go away from Sutton. He's leading the league in air yards with 948. He has a 24% target share, um, and I know that's mostly without Jerry Judy in the picture, but he also leads the league in average depth of target with 16.34 uh, dot. So... And look, he's playing the Washington football team. He's he's the deep target in this offense, and I think that will continue even with Jerry Judy back. Um, he's been effective, and I don't think you should hesitate to start him, especially this week 
against the Washington football team. I think Jerry Judy could also be on a snap count or at least eased back into action. So um, Cortland Sutton's a full go for me this week at receiver. Yeah, Cortland Sutton has a bunch of juicy stats. Honestly, if you dive into like just like his average depth of target, air yards, all that kind of stuff, he's definitely up there, like Leads top the five league. in the league on a lot of stuff. Leads the league. Oh yeah, and other stats. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like as oh, far yeah. as just like just anything as far as like depth on targets and like routes run and stuff like that, he's up there. Which honestly is kind of surprising because it's not like Teddy Bridgewater is known to have like a massive arm. So it means that yeah. they're really getting him the ball down the field, even with a guy who doesn't necessarily can throw, isn't necessarily the guy who can throw the ball sixty yards. I don't yeah. think people really realize like sixteen yards average depth of target is pretty so fucking a far. That's a lot. There's a reason why yeah, that's that's an average. That's the reason why that's the most in the league right now. He's number one in the league in average depth of target, and so yeah, I think you can't look away even when Jerry Judy comes back. A little Sutton something for you. A little Sutton Sutton. My wide receiver start of the week is going to be Michael Pittman versus the Titans. Uh, this will be the second time the Colts play the Titans. And right now the Titans are giving up 226 yards, one and a half touchdowns, and over 30 fantasy points per game to wide receivers, or team-wide receivers overall. Last time Michael Pittman and the Colts played the Titans, Pittman ended up with 60% of the receiving yards. And since then, his chemistry has only gotten better with Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is starting to get more comfortable, like we were saying earlier, with Frank Reich's system. And uh, we thought Zach Pascoe might be a threat earlier in the season. He's not a threat. T.Y. Hilton's still hampered with injury. Michael Pittman's an obvious start, I think. I like it. Honestly, I do. And yet, I'm going to the other side of that game. Uh, I'm going with A.J. Brown. I think they're finally putting things back together. What we saw last year from him, um, the connection that he has with Tannehill, it's starting to come back together. Um, I mean, the Colts are giving up 38 points a game to receivers. And with that being said, Julio Jones, I mean, he's that hamstring injury is still really bothering him. Uh, I know he's played through it, but he's just had another production there. And and uh, A.J. Brown has. So I just expect A.J. Brown is still, you know, put together, you know, his third straight week of a really, really good game. Yeah, I like that. Uh, tight ends, I got Hunter Henry this week as my tight end start of the week. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. But look, four TDs through his last four games, and Johnny Smith could miss some time with that shoulder injury, expected to miss this week. Um, and he's playing his old team. He's playing the Chargers. I think he's highly likely to get red zone targets uh, again this week, um, and he's been playing well. So Hunter Henry's a, 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 a nice start for me at tight end, my start of the week. And the Chargers, like we were saying earlier, have been getting lit up by tight ends. So it looks really good for Hunter Henry for sure. Yep. My tight end start of the week is going to be CJ Uzama. Uzoma? Uzama? Whatever you want, man. I think, I think it's Uzama. CJ Uzama. Either way, put UZ in the sleeper app. You'll find him. Uh, <laughs> CJ Uzama, the tight end for the, the Bengals playing the Jets this week. Uh, Uzama has five touchdowns on 14 targets in the last four weeks. Obviously, he's a red zone guy. But um, the Jets have given him three touchdowns on 20 catches and 260-plus yards to touch or to tight ends in the last two weeks. A lot of that is Kyle Pitts going off for like nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. But the Jets have been giving up points to uh, tight ends. And Uzama, if you've been watching the Bengals, he gets open on some, some nice plays and really gets some nice yak. So um, he's not really not just a red zone target. If he gets open, he'll get you some good yards. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, 
he's not just red zone target. Last week, he had two touchdowns of over 30 yards. The f- for, uh, yeah. One of only five tight ends to do that in the last 35 years. That's crazy. So, I mean, he's not just a red zone guy. The, the dude gets open, he, he makes plays. So, he's playing too well. Um, I think Uzama's a great, a great play this week. For mine... Um, imagine this. I'm going back to Tyler Higby, my boy. Tyler's Higby. Tyler's Higby. That's four <laughs> weeks in a row he's chosen Tyler Higby. <laughs> it might, is it at least two. <laughs> not, not in a row, but like I think like four out of seven weeks. <laughs> um, but I have many reasons for this, all right? Let, let, let me bullet point this out for you guys, okay? Yeah, bullet point. Uh, number one, you just play any tight end against the Texans. They're giving the third most points and the most touchdowns, sixth. No other team's giving up that many touchdowns to tight ends. Easy. Uh, they're also giving up the most red zone targets and receptions. Two tight ends. No one else even close. And you think like, oh, no shit, Tyler. They've given up <laughs> six touchdowns. And I'm going to say, hold on, time out. The Ravens, who have given up the most points to tight ends so far in this league, have given up half the red zone production to tight ends. So Texans are going to go move. They're going to just you know keep going up the ladder, and they're going to overtake the Ravens as the worst defense against tight ends going forward. And also, last point, with that being said, Tyler Higby gets more red zone targets than any other tight end in the league. What all This is all the sequel? It means Tyler Higby is getting in the end zone this week. It's guaranteed. Take it to the bank. Okay. That's like the most Putting adamant you've on. ever been on a table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, if Higby isn't it this week, then I... Do you keep going back to the well? Probably. I think the question now is Tyler's Tyler Higby over under 40 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. 40 is a lot. <laughs> that but. passionate take. Yeah. But, I mean, 18, easy. Tyler Higby, oh. four or yeah, more touchdowns this week. <laughs> All righty. Let's cap her off here with Stinky's defense. Of the week. 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 All right. Well, we've been picking on the Jets. Obviously, you should know by now to start any defense that's playing the Jets. The Bengals are a great defense. There's probably no chance you can pick them up, but check and see if you can pick them up and start them against the Jets. I picked them up this week in our league. Yeah, in our main league. I I was shocked for like $2. Bengals were a hot defense in the waiver wire this week. And they've been picking up heat, honestly. They've been like getting sacks, turnovers, like which is. And again, I got them for $2. I don't know what happened in our league this week, guys, but y'all messed up. I just. I definitely wasn't on the defensive <laughs> waiver wires, honestly. I would have had him. But um, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Jets, definitely. I really like the 49ers versus the Bears. We saw what the Buccaneers did to uh, Justin Fields and the Bears last week. And um, I really like the Eagles against the Detroit Lions. Um, their offensive, The Lions' offensive line has been kind of shaky, and the Eagles do have a sneaky good defense. That's probably what the worst of the three plays, but uh, definitely not a bad play. Right on. I mean, honestly, love Cincinnati this week. You're playing the Jets, who are already a bad offense, and they're starting Mike White. Yeah. Which, like... It's an obvious, obvious start. (laughs) I mean, Um, Mike White sounds like somebody who's, like, you know, a bad porn star. But San Francisco versus Chicago, man, the 49ers are available, and Chicago still needs to figure their shit out. So you might as well take advantage while you can. Mike White did put up a little bit of garbage time points against the Patriots last week. We'll see. Um, yeah, no. Oh, white! Hey, I'm, <laughs> not, no. I'm not down with white Mike yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll do it uh, for our episode here for the matchups of the week. Uh, make sure you give us a, a like, a follow at the FF Fathers on Twitter. 
Uh, good luck this weekend. We'll be coming back at you with a waiver wire episode on Tuesday. Um, that'll do it. Catch y'all later. Yeah. Interact with us. We're lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one. Deuces.